I was when I was wrapping up um, some days ago, when I was wrapping up two days ago, actually, the last scripture we're talking about was um, from Matthew 16, from verse 15, you know, um, and we started talking about um, when Simon was standing in front of Jesus and they were talking. Uh -huh. when, G when Peter and Jesus were talking, it says, um, Jesus said to him, who do you say I am? Um, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. On the on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and what so on whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you bind to lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven so in this scripture um we, we started by saying here is jesus and peter having a conversation or so we think and i believe that um so today what i want to i'm hoping i can teach on before we go and we can just pray a little bit on it is the gate of um of dominion but before we get there let, let us just finish the scripture and um so we see that Jesus began by asking him a question. Who do you say that I am? And um, sorry. It says, um, who do you say that I am? Um, Peter replied, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And he answered, blessed are you. And I was saying to you that what Jesus did in that moment he first he took the conversation and he said, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah. And so he was saying to him, hey, I know you are the son of Jonah. I know you are, you have a heritage. I know you have a lineage. I know you come from a particular house. He says, but this morning I am blessing you. This morning I say you now come under the covering and the governance of God because something has happened to you. You have hit a knowledge. You have hit an understanding that now gives you the right to be able to, able to open this door onto yourself. He says, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah. And um, he says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. So he was saying to him, by reason of he who spoke to you, you now have the authorization to get into a new position because the person speaking to you determines the kind of authority that you have. And so I was saying to you that day that the level of power you're operating is dependent, depends on or not just dependent, determines the realm that you dwell in and the realm that you operate from. So it says flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That means flesh and blood can reveal, but this particular revelation is not flesh and blood. That means the revelation of flesh and blood does not bring you into the position where you are now called blessed. So that means that there is a gate of flesh and blood and there is a gate of the spirit. And so I always say to people, there are always two trees in your garden because when you look at what happened in Genesis chapter um, three, we think that it happened only in Genesis chapter three. But when you look through scriptures, you will see that consistently men were standing at the door of 
choice. Men were consistently standing at the door of being able to choose either between life or choose between death. But the problem is that death never appeared as death. Death always appeared as something that had the potential to give you another kind of life, as something that had the potential to give you more, as something that had the potential to bless you. As a matter of fact, something that I realized is that it is always embedded within the lure of information. So it says, oh, you know, Eve, do you have God really said, have you consider that this do you know that that it is like in, in intelligence intelligent thinking you know information another kind of knowledge you know so that's why we always have to be careful because it is not all knowledge that bets the life of God inside of us there are some knowledge that actually takes away the life of God from us the tree was actually called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that means it is possible that embedded within knowledge is always two doors. One door can either give you evil or the other door can give can bring about good. But the truth is that you cannot separate both. That's why every time you get knowledge, you actually need the spirit of God to be able to sift through it and filter through it to release the good inside of it and for the spirit of God to take the bad away. That's why somebody can say something to you or do something to you and you don't feel anything. It's like, oh, okay. And then two days later, somebody comes to you and says, did you see what he did to you? I'm like, oh, what did he do? He didn't do anything. I person said, did you notice that this, 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 the, the, the way he said it, then he said, this, and then you're like, oh my God, I didn't even notice that was what was going on. So what just happened was the person just unlocked a door inside of that knowledge that you already had, but you did not see um, the, the, the evil inside of you, you could see only the good. And then somebody comes and opens the door. I am like, blood of Jesus. I didn't even realize maybe I was being insulted or I was being told, you know, I was being put down or anything like that. Why? Because knowledge, and then from there, something that ha happened two days ago, you were okay. And then after that day, you start getting grieved. You start getting angry. You start getting sad. You start getting moody. Why? Because the person just unlocked a door to you. So knowledge has the potential to bring you life or to bring you death, but it depends on who is opening the door within the knowledge. So you see, there is no reason why God did not put the tree in the garden to tempt them because God does not tempt anyone. The Bible says that no one, when he is tempted, say he's being tempted by God for God does not tempt anyone. So God is not the tempter. But God is a judge. God is just. So if you look at it very carefully, the Bible not say, for don't you know that after this dispensation, in another dispensation, that we will judge the angels. So that means the eternal desire of God is that every one of us will arrive at a point where we are so godlike that we have the ability to judge the divine spirit, the, the divine angels, the ones who right now are already operating in that full nature that God has designated for them. And the Bible says, don't you know that we will judge their actions? This was, we know right now they are intelligent beings. We see how one angel wiped up over a hundred and something thousand of children of Israel. We see how one angel in his intelligence entered into Egypt. And in one night, he was able to pick everybody that was first born. He did not make a single mistake as long as we, how did he know? How could he tell? 
Was the angel there from the beginning when God made every firstborn? How was he able to tell in the DNA configuration of each one, this one is the Lord, this one is not the Lord. You, this one is the first, this one is not the first. But you see, this angel went and did a clean job in the whole of Egypt. Can we also talk about, you know, that operation of um, Korah in the wilderness where he, he killed Korah and everyone that was in the rebellion and everything that was in their household. So I was saying it one day, I said, even down to Korah's cats. So um, the people in the rebellion, their pets, even if the pets was running in the market square, the ground opened up and swallowed only their own. How did he pick the things that were theirs across the whole camp, went to their tent, picked only their tent, picked only? You know, that's to tell you that there is an intelligence of the spirit and a sense of accuracy. Now, the Bible says that these angels, we will judge them. So that's to tell you that man was always bound to have the ability to descend good from evil. So look at the evil that Lucifer did. If you look at the evil, remember we are still at this gate. If you look at the evil, you will say to yourself, well, from time to time, people used to feel like it's like somebody working in an organization and you arrive at a point where you're like, you know what, I want to break out of this um, role with my boss. You know, I want to get my own office. I want to start up my own thing. That's You say, oh, but that's what Lucifer did now. What's so bad about it? So that means many times you can't even discern the evil within the good if you are not receiving the information by the spirit of God. That's what makes it possible for somebody to be humble, somebody to be kind. Not that you become blind or stupid, but the Holy Ghost can work an activity inside of you that keeps setting doors shut, even when other people think, ah, but you should see, you should respond like this. But for the purpose of the work that God is trying to do in the kingdom through you, the Lord will shut that door to you. So you'll be looking at something that other people look at and they are mad and they are angry and you are not. Why? Because the Holy Ghost shuts that door. He's the one that becomes your filter by which you receive certain information. And when he needs it, he can open it and then boom, you're like, what? Is this thing? I'm making a different decision. So, um, I mean, that is completely different from when a person is deceiving themselves. Now, I say this to you to begin to understand that. Um, so it was when Eve saw differently, Adam saw differently, they began to operate from the realm where they saw. So the moment they saw that, oh my gosh, we are naked, all their initiative, all their creativity, all their actions started proceeding from the nakedness they observed. Before then, they saw themselves differently. So they didn't feel the need to pluck the leaves and to plunder the garden in order to cover and nourish themselves. But the moment they saw nakedness, they found the need to, 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 to do something about it. So the inherent power that man had, that God had given to man, God never took it away. Because the Bible says the blessings and callings of God are without repentance. So God never took it away from man. But man began to channel it differently towards the earth. And from that moment, the earth began to respond differently to man. So God did not curse man. God did not curse you know, all of this, uh, all of creation. But by reason, it says, because of this that you have done, this is what will now start playing out in your life. So the moment you set one ball rolling, 
here is the consequence of the other balls. It's like a, a pack of dominion cards. You hit one and everything begins to topple down by reason of one action you have taken. So God does not have to go and topple the other cards. Just by reason of taking this new position, here is what begins to happen in your life. So now here, that, that is the consequence of not stewarding your sights, not stewarding your eyes, not stewarding your revelation within the realm of God's protection and within the realms, realm of God's government. That is the consequence of it. So that's what happened to Adam and Eve. So you begin to rule, you begin to walk, and you have power based on the realm from which you are seeing. So it was always a war of sight. It was always a war of what do you see? So when you look at Matthew 16, you begin to understand that the gate that was operating here is the gate of sight, the gate of eyes, the gate of revelation. The moment that Peter saw something that nobody else could see, he opened the gate to him. And Jesus, honoring the spiritual law, honoring the spiritual process, looked at him and said, blessed are thou, Simon Barjona. You have to understand what is going on here. In the beginning, before man opened the gate of the knowledge of good and evil to himself, what happened was that the Bible says God blessed man and then he gave man authorization to do this, to do that, to do that. And the authorization he gave to man ended in dominion. So that's why from this gate of sight, you are going to go to the gate of dominion because what you see determines how you rule and how you rule determines if you can get dominion. You know, so um, what then happened to him? And, I, and this thing I'm saying, it's not just a fantastic sermon. I'm actually telling you an operation of life. I'm telling you an operation of life and a way of living. I hope I'm not talking too fast this morning. So if it's okay, please just tell me. I'm trying to maximize our time because if I'll be honest, I woke up earlier and then I slept off and then I woke up uh, at 5.58 again. I was like, Lord of Jesus. And then I jumped out of bed. So please just pardon me. Um, I actually plan to have more time today, but you know, if you can hear me and if you're good and if we're fine, just encourage me as a PI. I can hear you, we're good, keep going. Um, so I'm telling you about an operation of life because this thing you see it happening on a daily basis. You see it happening when you engage with people, when you're talking with people, you make the choice intentionally how you want to. Um, what you want to see concerning this person. That's why the Bible says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are, are worthy of emulation, you know, if you got to speak about it, say, think on these things. That means it's your choice what you think on. It's your choice what you meditate on. It's your choice how you see things and what you choose to, or how you choose to see determines what is released over your life. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Why? Because the way that a man begins to imagine and the way that a man begins to see determines the gates that opens in his life. So you, you, you are thinking about things constantly going bad and things constantly breaking down and things never working. Automatically, what happens around your life, that is the expression you begin to see. You know, so that's why the Bible says, steward your eyes, steward your imagination, steward your thoughts. He says, he says, who 
down. Every high thing that lifts up itself above the knowledge of Christ, cast it down. Why? You could have just, God could have just said, well, it's in the realm of your mind. It does not matter. No, it actually matters because what a man sees and where he sees from determines the physical operation and the physical manifestation around him. That's why we must cast it down. Jesus said, if you look after a woman to lust after her, just know that you have already committed adultery in your heart to her. Now, why would Jesus say that? Because you see, the things that happen in your in the realm of your imagination and in the realm of your true sight is actually what is going on. So you imagine it enough, you think it's enough, it begins to manifest around you. There are people whose marriages have ended first in the realm of imagination. And because in that realm, we feel like, oh, I'm free. It's my thought. Nobody sees it. But the problem is, it is actually seen. Actually, judgment begins from that realm. Actually, judgment begins from the realm of your inner sight and your inner imagination. So that's why when Eve took the food, because I asked myself, I said, at what point did Eve sin? Was it at the point when Adam ate the fruit? Was it at the point where she stretched her hand to take the fruit? Or was it at the point where she began the conversation with, with the snake? So what you need to understand is that every death or every life begins with a conversation. It begins with a conversation. That's why the Bible says, if a man shall believe in his heart and he confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord, then he shall be saved. So all this while Jesus was Lord, but he was never saved. All this while he was walking within the garden of the possible salvation of God and the tangibility of God's salvation, but he was never saved. But in the day that he began the conversation in his heart, that it is possible that this Jesus might be Lord. It is possible that this Jesus might have saved everybody and I may also be saved by him. It is possible that somehow embedded within the process of his death and resurrection may also be my death and resurrection. He says, in the day that the man believes in his heart and then he opens his mouth to speak. So he opens his mouth to take what was an intangible, intangible in the physical realm. He takes it from the intangible um, realm of sight and moves it into the tangible realm of existence. He said, in that day, that man opens a door for himself. He then changes his location and he goes on, on the bridge of salvation. Why? Before then, he was always within the boundaries and within the possibilities of salvation, but he never received it. That's why the Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But except the man be born of the water and of the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the operation of the kingdom. So that means there are different levels of sight. So he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see. That means the first born again is the one that happened in his heart. Because the first sight he had was except a man believes in his heart. So that is where he's first born again in his heart, in his spirit, in his mind. That is the first born again experience. Jonathan, he says, when you are not born of water, you are not born of the spirit, then you enter the operation of this being born again. So that means there are two levels of sight. Remember the man that God was, um, Jesus opened his eyes. When he put the, the sun in his eyes and washed his eyes, he says, what do you see? He said, I see men like trees. So that means First of all, he could see, but he wasn't actually seeing what we are seeing. He began to see men like trees because prophetically, when you see trees happening, what you're actually seeing is men because trees usually um, um represents men. Trees will usually represent rulers, depending on the kind of tree. It could represent a king, it could represent a strong ruler, 
all of that, that's symbols, prophetic symbols for another day. But the truth was that he said, I see men like trees. That means he was seen and then he washed his eyes again and then he looked again and then he could see clearly. So it was a level of sight to another level of sight. I am saying this to you because the problem with many of us and many of our lives is that we have not learned to govern the gates of sight. We have not learned to govern the gates of sight. We have not learned to govern the gate of sight. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You must stand at the gate of your eyes and govern it with all your strength, with all your power first before you govern the tangible things you can see, before you fight any war around you, fight the war within you. Consistently, the Bible makes it clear to us that this warfare that we are fighting is a war of strongholds, pulling down every stronghold, every imagination, and every high thing that lifts up itself above the knowledge of God. That means imaginations and strongholds and the things that exalt themselves above God, it begins from the realm of the intangible eyes. Very important. So that was what happened to Lucifer. The Bible says that Lucifer said in his heart, he says, I will lift up myself above God. I will sit upon the mount. I will judge. I will be in the congregation of the gods. He began to say to himself that I, 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 he says in his heart, so Lucifer actually did not start to manifest it the day that God saw it. So it, it was when Lucifer began to think it, that was when the Lord saw it. And he knew that this one, he would soon stretch out his hand. So actually the fall of Eve did not begin when Eve actually stretched her hand to eat the fruit. The fall of Eve actually began when Eve started having that conversation. When she started having the conversation, back and forth, did he say, did he not say, will it be, will it not be, this my, uh, this my friendship. I don't know. I'm beginning to see that this person is behaving somehow. Oh, look at this, my husband. Why is he thinking like this? I don't even know if I can continue. Ah, this is my child, behaving like an idiot. Oh, this is my colleague. This ministry, I don't think it will work. Oh, this business. Ah, things are so hard. Things are so hard. Money is so hard. As you begin to open up that realm of sight, I'm telling you what will manifest in your life it is, is what you see. So before I go on, just make that prayer this morning. and say, Father, give me the grace. Give me the capacity. Father, I pray that you give me the ability to govern my eyes. Father, please do not make me ignorant of this operation. Do not make me ignorant of the existence of this operation. Father, I ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will give me the ability to stand firm in the knowledge, in the knowledge of you, in the knowledge of the Lord. Kelema oskofeladi, kranda basho, kranda bashe, kranda busha, kranda beza. Father, make me strong in my inner man. Father, expand me in wisdom in my inner man. Father, in my inner man, oh God, make me grounded and rooted in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I rebuke every attack of hell on my inner man. Father, every attack on my imagination, every attack on my understanding, every attack on my wisdom, every attack on my peace, every attack on truth. Father, I ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will send the troop of your spirit to wage war against it now in Jesus' name. 
thing. Baba, I begin to ask for a holy war to begin on my inside, a holy campaign to begin in my inner man, Baba. Father, I pray that you will school me and we school me, oh God, in the art of internal governance, in the art of internal governance, God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone. And if you are here and as you are listening to me, you are like, my goodness, I see it. As you are listening to me, you are like, I know it. You can tell when a gate was opened, a gate of a certain conversation opened inside of you. And from that moment, you have entered into the torment of hell. This morning, begin to say to the Lord, Father, I shut that door in the name of Jesus. I am not shutting the door to wisdom, but I am shutting the door to torment. I am not shutting the door to understanding, but I am shutting the door to lies. In the name of Jesus, I open up myself to the true voice of God. The Bible says that in a, in, in a whisper, God was not in the tongue, the lightning and all of those violent things allowed things the bible says in a still small voice he heard you know listen the voice of god does not come to contend with the numerous voices inside of you the voice of god seeks to take dominance so the voice of god is not trying to shout above every other voice the voice of god waits for a man to come into the revelation of his presence so this morning say god for every time that i have ignored your voice for every time that i did not listen when you were speaking, for every time that I listened to the wisdom of flesh, for every time that I went in the direction of the knowledge of flesh, God have mercy on me. Father, forgive me. I want to be a true daughter. I want to be a true son that is ruled by the governance of heaven, that is ruled by the governance of heaven. So God, I ask that in the name of Jesus, that you come into my heart, that you come into my mind, that you come into my spirit, that you come into my soul. God, I ask that you will break the hold and the shackle of the lies of hell in the name of Jesus. Hear me. When Satan wants to take a person down, Satan will tell you that it is your own thoughts. Satan will tell you that it is a, it is a, it is an intelligent and a powerful way to imagine. After all, look at what happened to you. After all, look at what happened. Listen, we don't judge good or evil based on the circumstances of our lives or based on the experiences that we have been through. God is God all by Himself. Even if we never went to pain, never went to fear, never went to shame, never went to betrayal, never went to brokenness, never went to failure. If we never went to any of that, God will still be God. He changeth not. So you do not judge God's position based on your own experiences. You judge God's position based on your revelation of who God is. It is simple. Jesus was hanging on the cross, yet he was able to say, unto the hand I commit my spirit, because he knew that even if his body was broken and he was bruised and he was bleeding, it did not change the fact that God still had all power in heaven and on earth. You see, the problem is that we have judged God wrongly and we have judged God based on our circumstances. That's why now we fear to approach him and it has become like a closed door between us and God. For that door of communion, that door of relationship, that door of vulnerable, of our oneness with the 
the Lord, that door of peace to open up again. You need to repent and repentance. It's not just something you do so that, you know, I can, you can feel good. No, repentance is actually a spiritual key, a spiritual key. The Bible says Jesus came coming out of the wilderness crying, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, for the kingdom of God. So Jesus said, listen, I have brought it. The dispensation has come, but until you repent, you cannot enter into the outworking of this dispensation. Repentance is a key. Don't just look at it as something that God uses it, uses to humiliate people. No, it opens a door of relationship, interaction with the Lord. It restores to you the joy of your salvation. It restores to you the life and the bubbling of the Holy Ghost inside of you. So this morning, retrace your steps in the spirit and take some steps backward and look at it again and say, my God, for some of you, it goes back to 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And it was at a point when you broke, something broke inside of you. And at that point, you began to rejudge God and you began to reorder the, 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 the ordinance and the governance of God. You began to say to yourself, now here is what I would do. Here is what I would not do. For Lucifer, it did not begin the day that Lucifer deceived the angels in heaven. It began the day where he began to have this conversation in his heart. And even in that day, he was still serving God. He was still walking upon the fiery stones of heaven. He was still ascending into the presence of God. He was still a covering cherub when the conversation began. Don't let the enemy deceive you into thinking that it is your actions that determine whether you are right or wrong with God. No, it is not your actions, but the thoughts in your heart. The Bible says that even when God gave um, 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 Sarah direction concerning Israel, he said, because you laughed in your heart, this is what you will call him. He didn't say, Sarah, because you laughed out. He said, Sarah, because you laughed inside you, this is what you are going to call this child. You need to understand what I'm talking about. There is another realm of existence and it is not tangible at all. There is another place in the spirit and it is not tangible at all. Perhaps you are listening to me and this realm is the room veiled from you completely. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Father, this morning, by reason of the power of the Holy Ghost and by reason of the salvation of your people, God, I ask that you will rip apart every veil of darkness that makes it impossible for your sons, that makes it impossible for they that are born again to even see. You say, if a man be born again, he can see the kingdom of God. Father, you say, if he's born of the Holy Ghost and if he's baptized, oh God, that he can come into the operation of the kingdom. So God, I stand upon your word and I stand upon the government of heaven to declare open eyes over your people in the name of Jesus. Oh, my God, open my eyes, open my eyes, open my eyes, open my eyes. Cause me to see in the name of Jesus. Father, may they begin to understand the nature of such operation. Raketo 
This is where deceit begins from. This is where deceit starts from. This is where transgression starts from. This is where iniquity hides itself. The Bible said concerning Lucifer, in the day that iniquity was found in you. So that means iniquity is the propensity to do what is evil before God, to go against God's government, to go against God's process, to go against God's way. That is iniquity. He says iniquity was found inside of you. Iniquity is not even yet the act. Iniquity is the capacity to do it or the propensity to do it. That was when it all began. Father, Shekeleba, Shangara Baba Baba. I desire truth in my inward man, oh God. I desire truth in my inward man, oh God. Ilabora kebara bashande, iboro koshe kebaruka shande baradana sata. Jesus said to the woman by the well, He said, "If I give you these true waters." He says, out of your belly will flow living waters. So he said, if I can help you unlock, there is another place. I'm not talking about the physical thirst. I am talking about the drought in your soul. I'm talking about the drought in your spirit. I'm talking about the dryness inside of you. That makes it impossible for you to govern your imagination. That makes it impossible for you to govern your thoughts. That makes it impossible for you to govern what you think about your brother, what you think about your sister. I'm talking about the drought inside of you. The brokenness you experience that has made you the one that is constantly imagining, imagining wrong about people. The pain you have experienced that is making you thirst. And so you are constantly thirsting for different ways in which you can tell yourself, I am good enough, I am great enough. Jesus said, listen, there is a drought going on. It is not a drought around you. He said to the woman, with that drought, you can drink the water of the well and you'll be satisfied. He said, but if you don't quench the thirst in your soul, he said, you would always have need to keep coming back to this physical water. You will always have need to keep beating your wife. You will always have need to keep putting people down. He said, because there's a dryness inside of you. There's a drought. It's not about what is around you. He said, you will keep doing these physical things. You will go to therapy. You will do all of that, but you will never be well. He said, because the drought is not what is around. The drought is what is within. He said, let me give you this water. Allow me this morning to enter, to break this door, to enter into the place where it truly matters. Lord Jesus, I know that many times we have given you the things that are around us. We have vowed to serve you with the things that are around us. But this morning, Lord, we want to make a vow to serve you with our eyes. We want to make a vow to serve you with our thoughts. We want to make a vow to serve you with our imagination. Let the government of God enter into our hearts. Let the government of God enter into our souls. Let the government of God enter into our spirits. Show us once again that you are not just God of the flesh, but you are the God of all realms. Save us, O God, from the pending destruction. Save us, O God, from the pending destruction that begins from within. Olebiaka. Olebiaka. This morning, I need you to pray because it is within this space that depression operates. 
It is within this space that hopelessness operates. It is within this space that generational things that were transferred, this is where they operate from. It begins like a thought culture that was given to you by father, that was given to you by mother, a thought culture. And then it begins to go from the thought culture into becoming a life culture. Listen to me. It is this space, this place that is the real place. Break down the doors, pull down the walls, tear the veil, oh God, that we may see, that we may know, that we may understand, that we may enter in. No longer will I be held captive, oh God. No longer would I be held captive. No longer would any part of my life be held captive by the things that I do not yet realize are operating inside of me. But God, this morning, I present and I represent myself to you. I present myself to you for worship. I present myself to you for cleansing. I present myself to you for renewal in the name of Jesus. Jesus said to the woman, if I give you this water, if I open this door to you, hey, he says you yourself will become a door. You will become a door that opens doors within other people. He says, if I give you this water, if I quench your own thirst, he says, I tell you, something will happen to you. You will begin to have systems. You will begin to have structures. You will begin to have capacity by which you also can quench the thirst in other people. He says, for out of your belly, we begin to flow living waters. What Jesus was saying to her is that the operations in your life, around your life, is dependent on the operation within you. He says, if I take care of this thirst around you, then you will begin to break out in another kind of operation. Let me tell you, this thing I'm teaching you this morning will change your life, will change your world, will change your business, will change your ministry. We begin to manifest another level of your anointing. It will change your marriages. It will even change your children. He says, out of your belly flows living waters. So the water around you, if it is living or dead, if it is bitter or sweet, is dependent on what is in your belly. I am not saying you are the cause of all your problems. No, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying, that's why I said, science needs to lead to dominion. So this morning, Naboko, Beredika, Mushatava, Melekoto, Basketeve, Paraduske, Paparadika, Karodo Sondeba, Keregedede, Lakoshka Parade Sakata. For out of my belly shall flow rivers. Out of my belly shall flow rivers. Erakaba, rivers of living waters. This morning, oh God, I ask that you come and throw inside of me your word. The same way that you dealt with the bitter waters of Mara. Father, come and deal with every bitter water inside of me. I have justified it for so long that I have said, eh, yes, it's because of this, because of that. It doesn't matter anymore. All I just need now is fresh water. 
All I just need now is new waters to fill my life. This is not about anybody. This is not about any situation. This is not about any captivity before I was even born. This is about the choice I am making right now. Because until you learn to choose right, you do not have the right to govern on behalf of God. Until you learn to choose right, you cannot be given the right to govern on behalf of God. The choices you make within determines the power you have around you. Oh, out of my belly. Out of my belly. Yes, shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. of my belly, shall rivers. Rivers of living waters, out of my belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living waters, out of my belly Let it flow, let it flow, 
Let it flow, let it flow. Right here, right now. Let it flow, let it flow. 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 Right here, right now. Let it flow. Out of my belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, out of my belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living my belly shall rivers, rivers of living water. my belly. Shall flow Father, this morning we pray unto you, the God of the garden, the God who is the garden, the God who stands over every gate, the gate of sight, the gate of revelation, the gate of enlightenment, the gate of understanding, the God who knows, who knew, who will always know the power of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We pray to you, God, that you will help us, that you will rescue us from the shackles of demonic, dark, evil thoughts, imaginations that masquerade themselves as good, that masquerade themselves as protection of self, that masquerade themselves as power, that masquerade themselves as strategy. God, we ask that you will come and you will deal with every of such thoughts. Father, because we know that it is out of our engagement with you. The Bible says that the river flows from his throne and then it flows to the garden. The garden is in Eden. The garden is not Eden. But it flows. It flows from Eden. It flows into the garden first. The garden is where man intersects with God. We are the intersection between divinity and humility and humanity. We are the garden. We are the ones planted in Eden. It says the river that breaks into the earth is determined by the river that breaks out of Eden. Oh, Jesus. He says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. I'm not trying to become. I am. So what breaks out of me determines what happens in the world. God, bring everybody into this understanding, Jesus. So, Father, we ask, purify our rivers. Because the enemy is trying to corrupt. The enemy is trying to destroy. The enemy is trying to raise bitter waters out of us. And if those waters be dead in themselves, how can they bring life to the earth around us? 
So God, we contend for our water this morning. We ask that by the power of the Holy Spirit, let there be a renewal. Let there be a restoration. Let there be life. Let there be truth. In the name of Jesus. Uh, I hope everyone is still with me this morning. Because there's a deliverance that is happening in this house this morning. There's a deliverance that is happening. It may not be what you think it should be. And I'm telling you that this is the foundational deliverance that anybody needs if you will come into a level of dominion. The, the, the mastery was made to begin in the garden. It was what they mastered in the garden and they were to take to the whole earth. The same thing with the commissioning. Come and be with Jesus before you go to Jerusalem, Judea, and the whole earth. Your expansion is determined by what I'm telling you this morning. Your breaking forth and breaking through is determined by what I'm telling you this morning. For the hand of God to be upon your life, for you to be trusted as a man that can release the government of God across the earth. For God to put promotion upon you, for God to put increase upon you, for God to put dominion upon you, God must trust the river that comes out of you. Rivers of living waters. God, purify my river. Purify my river. Satan is coming for your river. He's coming for the waters that proceed out of you. He doesn't want you to have the kind of water that heaven can back up. He doesn't want you to have the kind of river that angels come to drink from. They come to your house. They come with their cups to drink from your river. He doesn't want you to have that kind of river. He doesn't want you to flow in a way where God is like, that is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He doesn't want you to have that river. He's trying to steal your dominion from you. Tomorrow, I will teach about dominion. I thought we could go there today, but no need. But we teach it tomorrow. You need to understand dominion because someone called me yesterday and said to me, said, P.I., I just finished watching day three and I was so broken. I prayed, I cried, I prayed. And she said, it really impacted me. She said, but here are the things I am dealing with in my life. Here is what's going on in my mind. Here's going on with my children. Here's going on what's going on in my business. Here's going on with friendships. She said, there's so much going on. She said, so, but what does dominion look like for me? She said, you said, don't give up on what you have until you arrive at dominion. She said, so what does dominion look like for somebody like me? And by the spirit of God, we were able to answer that question. Tomorrow, I will share with you the gate of dominion. But you see, on one side of the gate of dominion is the earth, the whole earth. But on the other side of the gate of dominion is the garden. Remember, what is the gate that stood between the whole earth and the garden? It is the gate that was covered by the cherub and the flaming sword. And we know that that sword is Jesus. I will teach you about dominion. How you can break your operation from the garden and break it into the whole earth. How does it work? How does it begin? Because you see, it is the river that carries the dominion. Satan is coming for the river. He's coming for your filtration system. He's coming for your, you know, the accent of your soul and the accent of your spirit and the accent of your mind. We will bring all things under subjection to the governance of God. 
We will bring all things under subjection to the governance of God. Just to tell you about rivers, very powerful testimony that I have. And when we're praying, the Lord showed it to me. And God said to me, he said, listen, you have to put your trust in me. You have to be able to trust that I have a superior wisdom and a superior knowledge by which I can birth my goodwill in your life. He said, it is not the experiences you are going through that determines what you birth, but it is the conclusion you have about God that determines what you birth. He says, remember, Isi, when you were pregnant with Judah, it was one of the hardest times of your life. It was one of the times that you were most broken, most sad, most bitter, most grieved. You were fearful. He says that was the time of the least spiritual power and spiritual impact in your life. And one of the things I was afraid with when I was pregnant with Judah was God. I don't want to birth a child that carries what I am feeling right now. I don't want to birth a child that comes out sad. I don't want to birth a child that comes out broken. I don't want to birth a child that comes out unhappy. Because I understand that there is a connection between that boy and myself. Right now, he's receiving my life, receiving my blood. Right now, this child is receiving, you know, the, the, the things that I am imputing into myself. So every time I prayed when I was pregnant, I prayed that God would give him his own lot. I pray that God will give him his own portion. And I will pray. And I used to pray. I say, God, you know what? Separate him from the pain that I feel. Separate him from the sadness that I feel. Separate him from the brokenness I'm experiencing. Give this child what he should bear. And I remember when I was praying, and saying, God, so what should he be called? I had a dream and a vision of me being pregnant. And I walked into a church and everybody in the church was sad. And they were just, you know, very sad and melancholic. And they were about to give their offering. And while they were about to give their offering, I said, stop. How can you people give to God like this? How can you give to God with such an atmosphere? I said, no, you have to sing. You have to dance. And by myself, I began to make beats with my mouth. And I was singing and I was dancing. As I began, everybody joined me and they began to sing and dance with me. And at next day I said, oh my gosh, I am heavily pregnant. I can't be dancing like this. And as I was walking out and in the dream, I was carrying like um, 25 liters jerry can, I don't know what they call it, in both hands. You know, it was like I was going to fetch what I was going to the river. And as I was coming out of the church, I said, oh my gosh, look at the way I was dancing. I don't want to lose this baby. And I heard the voice of God from heaven. And God said, you will not lose the child. He says, for this is the reason why he has been created. I said, I don't understand, Lord. He says, he's the one that shall lead the people to dance to God. He says, and his name shall be, and I started waking up. And I said, what shall his name be? And he says, he shall be among the 12 tribes of Israel. And I said, what shall his name be? As I woke up, I heard Judah. Listen to me. God answered my prayer in that dream. God said, you are, you are being careful about the water. Because I was carrying, I said, God, I don't want to produce waters that reflect my current state because I know that my current state is not my permanent state. I know that this current state is not the state of who I am. I know I am being invaded. I know I'm being troubled because of the seed within me. I said, but don't let the seed bring forth the water that I am feeling right now. And so in that dream, I came out of that job with God saying to me, you will bring forth the water of the true posture of God, of the opinion of God, of the heart of God, of the mind of God, not what you are feeling right now. God had mercy on me. When I look at Judah, if you know my son Judah, he's one of the happiest people. Judah wakes up with a smile. Judah wakes up laughing. Anything can crack him up. Anything is a potential joke. Judah, we beg you with laughter. 
Judah will toast you. He will tell me, mommy, pretty, please. Let me, like he is so full of life. Listen, I could not, by my power, have birthed a child like that. It was the superimposing of the mercy and the intelligence and the grace of God that took him and covered him and filtered, filtered, filtered the good from the evil coming out of me and gave him the good and brought only the goodness of God into his life. What Judah looks like as a physical child that was born can be for you a season that you will give birth to, can be for you the new day that you will enter into. God is the ultimate filter. One day I was speaking with my sister, she said, the Bible says, God, he that separated the water from the waters, who can separate water from water? If you are not the ultimate filtration system, who can look at waters that have merged together and remove one from the other if it is not our God? This morning, as you have seen, that there is a war against your waters, against what you want to burn, against what will come out of your, of your garden. Say to the Lord, Father, I consecrate my garden to you. I consecrate the garden of my heart. I consecrate the garden of my mind. I know that whether or not I am ready, I am birthing every day. So Jesus, from today, I ask that you come and be the one that births through me. Come and be the one that births out of me. Father, help me while you purify my thoughts and you teach me mastery in the, in the realm of sight. Father, come and take over what comes out of me. Come and change my world. Come and change the things that proceed from me. Come and change the life around me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I know that we have said, God, come into my life, come into my heart. Father, come and make me born again. But there is another level of being born again. It's when God does not just come into you, but God comes out of you. That is the next stage of being in the kingdom. You just don't see it, but you cannot enter into its operation. That is Jesus being birthed out of you. Jesus said to Simon, blessed are thou, Simon Bajona. Because you have broken into a realm of sight. You have broken off the hold of flesh and blood. The hold of humanity. You have broken off the testimony of what made Adam and Eve fail. I see it, Simon. I see it. You think you are still standing on the same ground, but you just shifted ground in the spirit realm. He said, blessed are you. Because you have not come out of the place of the brokenness and the effect of the fall. And you have not come back into the place of the original blessing of God. He says, it is only the father that is in heaven that can do this for a person. It comes from heaven. Only that which comes from heaven. He says, only that that can only go back to heaven. He says, this is it. A door just opened for you. It needs to come down before it can go up. It needs to come down upon you before you can go up into it. He says, Simon, it came from heaven. He says, he said, I tell you this. He says, yes, you are called Peter. Yes, you are called a small rock. But what just happened to you with that was that you just evoked the power of the big rock. And this big rock is what makes it possible for me to use you to build my church. It's what makes it possible for me to make you a gate in yourself. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who is the church? The church are human beings. The church is you. The church is me. That means everyone who breaks open the gate of sight becomes a gate in himself. He says, you become a gate that wars against hell. Every action that you take, every move that you make becomes an opposition move to the power of hell. He says, 
says, but it begins with what you see, Simon. And you just evoked the power of the big rock. He says, this rock, whatever it falls upon shall be crushed. And anything that falls upon it shall be broken. He says, Simon, this is what you just did. He says, the gate of hell shall not prevail against you. It will try, but it will never prevail against you. It will try, but it will never break you. It will try, but it will never corrupt you. It will try, but it will never make you depressed. It will try, but it will never take away your wealth. Why? It is called the power of the big rock of revelation. This is what sustains men. Even when they are locked up in prison like Joseph, they come out on the other side, deliver us. They don't hold anything against Egypt. They don't hold anything against their brothers. It is hard, but they, yeah, they can rule. Why? Because they have entered dominion. Ah, I will teach you tomorrow about dominion. Dominion is not what you think. Dominion does not begin from the day you start building multiple houses. It is something that is inside of you. He says, because of this that you have done, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Eh? Do you know what that means? <laughs> he says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You become a legislator of heaven's desires. We will enter there tomorrow. I know that we are getting ready for work. Today is Monday, but something is happening to us in this prayer rate. I'm telling you, I usually tell people, I say, you see, there are many things that I am. There are many things that I am not. But one thing that I know how to do, or that by the spirit of God, he has trained my spirit, is to discern times and seasons. If I tell you really truly that this season is the season of the gate, believe me, there is something that God has opened over the earth. It is a messy wave of his spirit. And so it is like the spirit of God that is coming in to give opportunity again. The way we, I described it with Pastor Bumi yesterday, it was like a rebirth. It is like an intervention of God. That's the gate. It's like when you are being, you are, you are chased by your enemy and then you hit a, a brick wall and then you are like, my goodness, they're going to catch me. Satan has cornered me. And then right in that corner, you hear something creaking and you turn around and you see a secret door and you see the angel of God say, come, come. And you run through that door. That's what God is doing. It is the intervention move of God's spirit to deliver his people and to liberate them so that everything that you prayed about in January, God says that it looks like it has been stifled and it has slowed down. But you see, this September, God is opening the gate of intervention to deliver you, to bring you out, to give you opportunity again for escape and opportunity for rebirth. This is what is going on. This is what is going on. Tomorrow, by the grace of God, if the spirit of God permits, we are going to move from where we stop today, we will not enter the keys of the kingdom. I, I don't know. I don't know how God is moving in this September. Just, just, just prepare your heart. If God takes it past us, then we will go. If God says we stop, anyhow he wants to do it, we will do it. But you see, you see all these gates, this door, we have to understand it. This operation, we have to become wise. We have to know the method of Satan, the methodology, the way he, you know, we can no longer be taken captive. There's no need for that. Not when we ourselves, we are gates. We are the opening of heaven. You understand how how can you hold liberation? How can you make liberation captive? It's impossible. By reason of the fact that it is liberation, it means that it has the anointing to break captivity. If you are a gate and you are a doorway, how can all that gates be shut towards you? That's why there are so many abominations upon the earth. Because the abominable is happening. That the sons of liberty are being held captive. But we are going to break that in this month. And every one of us will enter into the efficacy of the word of the Lord. This is your season. This is your day. This is your season. This is your day.
this is your season. So put your hand on your heart, one hand on your head, and say to yourself, Easy, this is your season. This is your day. You were born to see September 2022. September answers to the intentions of God concerning you. September answers to the power of the word of the Lord. And September answers to the Holy Ghost that is inside of you. This is my season, easy for breaking forth in the name of Jesus. Tomorrow, we will look at this thing he called the key to the kingdom of heaven. And then if God gives us chance, we'll enter dominion. And how those rivers of Eden, what they look like. And the technology by which they break forth. And I know that as we do these things, the spirit of God that holds us close to his chest, he will consistently teach us his ways and bring us into the power of revelation in the name of Jesus. As you go for this morning, live from within. Don't be deceived. Live from within. Master what is within. Master the voice of God. Give him room. Open up space for Jesus to speak freely. Allow him be your counselor. Maybe where we will head to at the end of this is the seven spirits of God. I will teach you again about the seven spirits and teach you again about the operation of those spirits within the light of gates. Because each of those spirits, the operation of that expression is the gate that God opens unto mankind. And that is the gate that is able to capture the earth. Because it's the seven spirits that goes into the whole earth. You cannot enter the whole earth if you have not understood the, the seven gates that God opens within his spirit. God bless you. <coughs> God bless you. Have a powerful day. Have a powerful, powerful, powerful day. God bless you. I love you all. And you keep praying for me. Pray for me that God will give me grace. That God will strengthen me, spirit, body, soul, and mind. So that I can keep performing his duty as a gatekeeper over this word that he's releasing in September. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a lovely day. Take care.